0: I Just think he's full of SH1T at times. It's like you know, it's quoting Kipling to players it doesn't work Rudyard Kipling. know probably Mr.
1: Kipling would have been better. OTV AM live weekday mornings from seven thirty on the OTV Sports app.
0: I'm delighted to say Dermot Corrigan of the Athletic is with us. Dermot, good morning to you. How are you?
1: Uh, pretty good, Jerk. How's it going? Yeah, good. <laughs>
0: we're, we're getting excited about the uh, Champions League final this weekend. Um, we just wanted to kind of Check the temperature around Real Madrid at the moment and kind of see what their level of confidence was heading into this. The league was a cakewalk for them. The Champions League has been unending, unbelievable drama, game on game. So it has been the opposite of a cakewalk. And I don't know how how do they feel, how well prepared they are coming in for the challenge of Liverpool this
1: weekend. They feel pretty good. Um, They had the open day at the training ground was on on Tuesday, so we were out there talking to some of the players and and listening to Ancelotti talk, and it was very relaxed. Um, I'm sure you said a couple of times that at the start of the season they didn't really expect to be challenging for the Champions League Um, you know some players had left a lot of their key players are getting on into the 30s at this stage so they didn't see themselves as up at the top but the way things have gone with all those comebacks the emotion that there's been at the Bernabeu the the positivity that that has generated they they do see themselves as 50-50 a lot of people were saying that the different players and amongst the fans there's just a feeling that Madrid tend to win these finals so when they get to the to the Big occasions that Madrid's big players—they're able to handle the pressure. They're able to—they grow in these type of occasions. So there's there's quite a lot of confidence around that Madrid will be able to beat Liverpool, even though they realise Liverpool maybe on paper have a, a stronger squad.
0: Yeah, I do wonder though. If, um, the, talk to me a little bit about the form that Real Madrid are in. Are they actually are their best players in good form over the last couple of weeks?
1: Um, yeah, they've had because of the way they they wrapped up La Liga so so quickly. They had almost a month to just to kind of. Uh, prepare. So they and Shai did it quite cleverly. He rested half the team for some games and then the other half for other league games. And when they were playing, especially the, the forwards like Benzema and Vinicius in, they were playing against Levante, they were 4-0 up at half time in that game. They just put on a bit of a show <clears throat> at the Bernabeu. They looked really fit, they looked really confident, especially the confidence. There's kind of a, a buzz around the squad, a feeling after those those big games that they're they're kind of capable of doing uh, great things and scoring some some really nice goals. Again, that might run into more of a reality against a team like Liverpool. But for the moment, they do feel that uh, just things have come together for them just at the right moment. Uh, I, you know, there's
0: a, a couple of narratives around this uh, this team in particular, and the, the form of Benzema, uh, the agelessness of the the uh, midfield trio. Now. The midfield trio that we kind of have come to associate with this Real Madrid team—they actually weren't on the field when the most yeah. dramatic stuff happened. Uh, so, if you're the manager, what do you do? Do you start with the, do you dance with the ones who bring you all the way to this point in the lads or do you stick the kids in and go, "Here, listen, we're going to run the legs off this Liverpool team, and see what happens?"
1: Yeah, actually, I've been very keen to to point out that it's not about 11 players anymore. That with the five subs and with the the deep squads that teams have. That um, he's going to use it, and I'd imagine he'll start with the, the three guys he looked to to maybe keep it control, not to make it as crazy as it has been in the other games. But then you'll see Camavinga come off the bench, and um, Valverde will probably start in the kind of as a, a wide forward, but he'll really be just into the midfield as well. He's another kind of box-to-box type midfielder, so they'll have kind of him to to protect him. And then as the game goes on, throw on more attacking players. Throw on Camavinga, who's just been, you know, he's only 19, but he's been amazing. Looks kind of born to to play on the big stage. So, yeah, I'd say Modric, Cruz and Casemiro start the game, but, you know, maybe only one or two of them will get to 90 minutes.
2: Uh, I'm really interested in the uh, Ancelotti relationship with this group of players and how he's kind of consciously moulded them into a a group of players who've, who've kind of got to this final through feeling their way out of sticky situations as they've had in three rounds consecutively and I guess like one of those great images was himself asking Marcelo and Crows I think it was before extra time in the semi-final what should I do what substitutions should I bring on this sort of empowerment of the players. It, it feels a little bit similar to how Zidane managed to mastermind success with this Real Madrid squad, the, the empowerment of the players managing to kind of depoliticize the, the, the dressing room by handing the, the power to the, the most important players in there.
1: Yeah, and go back to Del Bosque as well when he was the Madrid coach and then the Spain coach. It's kind of a, it, it tends to work at Madrid that if you try and micromanage in a, in a kind of Guardiola or a Tuchel type of way that it, it doesn't work out so well for you. Ancelotti does, even at the press conference on Tuesday he was saying, you know, these players have played in this is only five Champions League finals for them in eight years. For a lot of them, I've only had two. He was kind of everything was done with a, a kind of twinkle in his eye and to to put the to to give some so much respect to these people like Modric Ch- and Benjamin Cruz. And Johnny, in fairness to him, he's also not afraid to to take on the, the big players like Hazard and Bale have been around, you know, they've been cut out of the, the scene completely if they're not up to it. He took Cruz off in the Again, City Cruz wasn't too happy at that moment to, to be taken off. So he is able to, to kind of show the players that he's with them or, or to, to listen to what they have to say. But then in the end, if there's a decision that has to be made, he has the, the experience and the personality to do it without, without alienating them, which is a, is a great skill, I think, in a, in a manager
2: and especially needed at Madrid. And probably the most astonishing development this week is Ancelotti admitting that he does get nervous. Like, I think that we've seen this sort of one-dimensional face to Ancelotti, the, the eyebrow raised, and we think, you know, he's as cool as eyes, but he says, for me, the toughest spell is three or four hours before kickoff. It's a physical malaise. I've struggled a bit more with it this season, increased sweating, and an accelerated heart rate. Negative thoughts <laughs> creep in. I did not know Carlo Ancelotti has the ability to perspire.
1: There was it was pretty funny i was there in the room when he said it and the kind of ripple of, of smiles went around and everybody there was kind of that twinkle in his eye as well he's just so in control of of what's going on he he loves these these big occasions he's really happy at madrid and um, you know to come from the situation he was in at everton last season and then like 12 months later to be heading into a champions league final with madrid he, he's loving it and yeah he's he's so confident in his own skin that he's willing to to admit to that, to to share that, and that that kind of confidence and, and relaxation and tranquility transmits itself to the transmits itself to the players as well. You know, they they are unlikely to to get too nervous ahead of the game. I think you know everybody will have the the butterflies in the in the tummy and the tension be, before kickoff. But you know, Madrid are so experienced in these occasions. Everybody around the club is used to it. The in the dressing room, in the boardroom, Ancelotti himself. And um, again, Liverpool, you know. Man for man, have the more talented players, you know, more expensive squad. If you were to go out and buy them, or, or that, but but that's why Madrid feel that they have a really good chance in the game because of that, you know, how Ancelotti personifies that experience they have and the, the, the relaxation that they have. Is
0: is it only a fans thing? The whole revenge narrative, like Mo Salah very clearly set the table immediately after they got through, saying they wanted Madrid in the final. Fair play to him. Uh, how does that go down in Madrid? Is it a, a talking point?
1: Not so much. It, it's it's very much more. I think that's coming out of Liverpool, and again, that Madrid Madrid kind of, you know, would see it maybe as as like a little bit beneath them, maybe to to try to get into that type of a debate. Like Ramos is gone, which makes a huge difference, um, because if Ramos was still there, it would definitely be. Be on the table. More people have been talked about it. We we asked Casemiro about it when we had a chance to to chat to some of the international journalists, and he I think his response was something like, you know, I, the loser always remembers things like that. The winner just celebrates the trophy or some kind of throwaway line like that that just kind of pointed to how, you know, he wasn't going to lose too much sleep about it. Madrid might think that if if Liverpool are wasting energy on on that type of uh, uh, conversations that it, it's in their favour, but again, if if it gets Liverpool up for it and they're extra motivated, then maybe it works well for them as well.
2: Do you get the sense Ancelotti still loses some sleep over 2005? Like, I know 07 probably is the moment that he exercises all those those demons if he needed to. But do you still think when he sees Liverpool coming down the tracks, 05 still just comes up a little bit? He, he definitely has mentioned it a good bit. Um, not so much in the losing sleep, but just in the,
1: the fact that he's been on the other side of these comebacks. When He mentioned when Madrid had you know come back against Chelsea or against Paris Saint-Germain or against City, that he knows that it, in the Champions League anything can happen. More than that, it's a, a trauma for him, and um, just that he he's aware of how think how quickly things can, can turn around, and he gets that to the players. Obviously, it's, it's it wasn't a good night. him, it's one of the the worst nights of his career, but he's able to um to to use it or to know that it's there. But I I don't think it lets it get to him, or I don't think it makes him extra. Extra motivated for the game in the way that Salah, you know, uses motivation like that. And he's um, he's just so used to these occasions. He, he mentioned the other day as well as that at Everton coach, he won at Anfield. He stuck stuck that into the the conversation at the press conference, nobody nobody asked him about it. So he's he knows about these little rivalries. He's a real football guy as well. He comes across maybe as you know a, a an international elite type of a fellow with you know how how relaxed he is in, in everybody's company, but he still likes that. The kind of the guts of football, the training ground, the, the little rivalries, and yeah, he'll he remember it for sure.
0: How do you think the two teams match up tactically? What what is it that Real Madrid are going to be able to do that's going to hurt Liverpool?
1: Yeah, I I think the Vinicius against Trent Alexander-Arnold is maybe one of the tactical battles to to look out for last year in the. Uh, Liverpool came to Madrid in, in the Champions League, and Trent Alexander Allen didn't have a great day. Vinicius and Vinicius wasn't in great form at that stage. He hadn't kind of exploded as he had this season, but he scored a brilliant goal, got in behind them a good few times. Um, it might come up to how whether Liverpool are able to just impose themselves completely on Modric and Cruz in the midfield. If if they're pressed right up onto them and don't give them any time to circle at all, it's hard to see Madrid getting you know keeping possession and getting a foothold in the game. But if the, the kind of wise heads in Madrid's midfield are able to take some of the pace out of the game, get to the hour mark with even with the team's level, and then able to, to throw on the subs that they've been doing and have that kind of the narrative that's built up in their heads as well that you know if it comes out to the, the closing stages that Madrid have that extra uh historical knack of, of winning big games and winning finals, then Madrid will be happy with that. If Liverpool can score earlier and kind of put Madrid into disarray and force Madrid to try to attack them, then Madrid might be in trouble.
0: I do wonder about the whole, so the, the various English papers are reporting that there's a good chance that the injured players will play or certainly are, are going to get a bit of training in and might be available for selection. So Fabinho and Thiago, I'm not quite sure about playing players in the Champions League final who are a little bit, maybe the five subs removes the risk from that and, and maybe you start them and if they're injured it doesn't really matter because you, that's two of your subs gone and you still have your normal three subs still to go.
1: Like from from the Madrid point of view, Fabinho and Thiago will be seen as a a good few steps above the the other options that Liverpool can have will will have to come in and and replace them. So they, you know, of the players who they would, you know, be happier if Liverpool were missing, they'd be two of the the most important, I think maybe even I'm not sure more than Salah or Van Dijk, but they'd be up there with them. Fabinho was was excellent against Villarreal in the semi finals. Um especially the way he he harried and pushed Villarreal's midfield out of it completely in the first leg. Thiago, as a Spain international, everybody really respects him. Here in Madrid tried to sign him a couple of times in, in the past and uh, didn't get him. So from Madrid's point of view, they'd hope that either they're not fit enough to play or that if they are fit enough to play, that they can they can take advantage of it if they're, if they're not at
0: 100%. OK, one, one last kind of more political question. So Mbappe rejecting Real Madrid. Is there any possibility this has a knock-on impact on the players in a, either a negative or positive way that, like, something fundamental has changed the world is spinning on its axis where somebody can reject Real Madrid what's going on
1: yeah the rejection is definitely felt more at the boardroom level at Florentino Paris for him it's a humiliation it's really difficult to take and we're gonna to have to see how how they react whether they spend loads of money on on another forward this year or how that works on a political level in the dressing room the players are kind of used to this type of stuff going on all the time they've had you know circuses around Ronaldo and Sergio Ramos uh, and dealt with it that, you know guys like Benzema and, and Modric are used to just playing games you could even argue that for somebody like Vinicius hey Mbappe not coming to Madrid is is useful for him you know his place might have been in danger in the team where you have to, to move out of position so you know the, the, the players who, who might have felt they were going to be replaced will have got a boost um maybe for, from Mbappe not coming even though you know nobody's gonna say they don't want to have Mbappe. So I, I don't think it'll affect the, the team that much, but institutionally and you know, even with Paris is gonna meet El Khalifi and Safran and all the, the trouble over the Super League and, and all that kind of political extra attention that that's there Mbappe definitely built that up. But when the when it comes to Benzema, Modric, Vinicius it, it's not gonna affect them too badly.
2: What what's your sense on the next big fish that Perez wants to land then because like as you say there there's loads of young players in that squad who won't be put up by Mbappe's arrival the young talent that Madrid have I'm sure excites their fans so much and without a big fish they would probably be in a really really good position for the next couple of seasons anyway but this is Florentino Perez we know to expect the unexpected from him like I even like look up Mo Salah on the back of the papers this today being like you know talking about revenge for, for Real Madrid and also saying I want to play for Liverpool next season like I wouldn't be overly surprised if this time next year Real Madrid are dipping their toe in the water for, for Mo Salah or something on that level of audacity
1: Yeah this time next week um, wouldn't, wouldn't be a huge surprise either like Salah as soon as Mbappe turned him down like one of the things that ran through everybody's head here was who, who will they go for now because you know if Paris has been embarrassed in that way or he needs to, to make a power stroke this summer and the money is there then who, who will they go for? Salah does make sense to an extent in that he'd play on the other side to, to Vinicius and Salah himself has been on the front cover of sports papers here in, in Madrid You know whether that was um, due to his Putting pressure on Liverpool about his contract or not, I'm not sure. But he's he's kind of le- always left it open that he'd play for Madrid. Maybe a little bit less because of, of what happened w- with Ramos. But you know, he could forget that pretty quickly if if the move came up. It's hard to see who else they, they'd go for. It. You know, there's not there's not an obvious kind of next signing because Haaland is is already lined up for for Man City. They kind of missed out on on that one. Um so yeah, maybe Sadio Mane has been. You know, Zidane was was a. Well, supposed to be a big fan of Sadio Mane when he was here. Sterling, maybe um, it, it's hard to know who, who they'll go for, but they'll definitely um, be looking to make a to just kind of make a statement in the summer and show that um, we are Real Madrid and we can go and get, get players if we really want to.
0: Eden Hazard says he wants to stick around and try and prove everybody wrong and have a career at Real Madrid. Is that wishful thinking? Is that something that might actually happen, or are we more more likely to see a cup price move for Eden Hazard somewhere in the summer?
1: Hazard. Could end up a bit like Bale in that his contract just runs down because the coach Ancelotti has like gave Hazard a couple of chances to to play. He had him in the team for the the very first La Liga game of the season, but the way that they that they want to play, the intensity that they want to put into the game, he just wasn't able to to provide that. He you know he's he's back had another operation recently on his ankle. He says he's better now, but. The thing, Madrid will be happy to, to move him on if they could get somebody to take on his wages, but whether anybody is going to take on his wages given his injury record um, and his age profile and all that, he still has a couple of years left in Madrid. It's sad to see, it's kind of a pity, especially with Bale, to see how the last couple of years has just kind of been almost insignificant. He's there training every week, but on the bench and watching on. Um Hazard could be could end up in a in a similar situation.
0: Do you have any idea how much his wages are? Like what what are we talking about here that somebody would or would not take him on?
1: It's up, it's up around like 20 million euros a year. Um trying to convert that into kind of pounds and per week I'm not sure but he, he's one of the best. Hazard is when Bale leaves he will be the best paid player at, at Madrid. Um and with Mbappe not there anymore, so he'd be he'd be right at the top of the the Premier League. You know, if it's somebody like Newcastle, can maybe offer you know X amount and not worry about it too much. Um but for for anybody else, for your even for Arsenal or Spurs, like when Bale went to Spurs, even that was on loan. Madrid were still paying more than half of his wages, and he was one of the best players, paid players at Spurs. So you know, it's either Hazard agrees to take a pay cut, somebody like Newcastle will come in, or or he stays at at Madrid
0: and is, sorry, is he fit enough even to
1: like have a place on the bench at the moment or yeah he came on he has because he's had that ankle problem and in fairness it has been a, a a really difficult ankle problem he broke his ankle he had a plate in it um, a couple of months ago he he just stopped completely and they took the plate out um, uh, because it was causing him pain every, every time he ran he says that he's he's back fit but he hasn't completed 90 minutes i have to check it but you know it's, it's months and months since he completed 90 minutes and he's never really been Since he came to Madrid, which is three years ago now, he's never looked. That player was at Chelsea, who you know could go and win big games on his own. You have a great record against Liverpool, I think. Um, Like that, that player is a long way into the past now. Even at the Euros last summer, he made a big effort to get fit for Belgium and played okay in some of those games, but he he couldn't last the ninety minutes. So it's it's a long time. Not saying it's impossible. Maybe getting the plate out of his ankle means that you know can have a fresh start and get a good pre-season and, and come again but it's it's a long time ago now since he's been the, the hazard that we remember
0: Alright give us your prediction
1: uh, I'm going to go Madrid in, in extra time I think um, again maybe that's the way by, by by being here by by um, being at Madrid and speaking to the people around the club but, You know, even for the Atletico speaking to some of the legends from the, their past finals people like Miadovic and Solari and, and Ivan Campo and guys who've won Champions Leagues for Madrid they're all really confident that when it comes to the final that Madrid just have a knack of, of winning it, or of finding a way to do it, with confidence in these guys like Modric and Benzema, that they have, you know, one last kind of um Champions League in them. So maybe more the heart than the head, but um go for Madrid an extra time.